0: this week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem.
1: Cocktails with LA came around at a time when I had failed at a 16 year relationship. Wow. I was I was married and I have two children and I had been married before so, but it all came from somewhere and I wanted to understand it. So I wanted to understand the story that mm. I was telling myself.
0: Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem. This is the show where we sit down with some amazing people and we ask them three questions and they're going to share some amazing stories about the lessons that they've learned um, from failing at different things. So the purpose of this show, other than some other shows, is we're not going to talk about their successes. We're going to talk about their failures so you can learn and understand what they learned uh, through their individual and unique experiences. So with that being said, I have a beautiful guest on my show here today. Her name is L.A. I made sure I said it right this time because I said law the first time. And she is the executive producer of an award-winning podcast called Cocktails with L.A. So without further ado, L.A. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Yay.
1: Thank you. That was a really nice introduction.
0: So I know I gave you a lightweight introduction. So for all the many things that I didn't mention, why don't you give the people a a brief synopsis of who you are, what you do, and how you kind of got into this space? And I should preface that today's conversation is going to be about failing at intimacy, love, and relationships. (laughs) Yeah, great. What
1: an intro. I'm really good at failing at that. We're
0: going to talk about failing at relationships, what you learned from failing at relationships. I
1: am. I've been really good at failing at relationships. But, um, you know, you learn a lot when you fail
0: a lot. Hey, some people see I've been playing with this. So some people see failure really as a lesson, which it which it is. So okay. I'm, I've been playing with maybe dropping the failure part and just focusing on the lesson part. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no. You know?
1: No, I mean, me personally. I'm, I'm, I'm a transparent, authentic person. So
0: mm.
1: I like to, to know because we all learn differently. And we all have, if we all went on a walk, I, t- I take people on walks for, with photography as part of some of my engagement in consulting. And we'll go a bunch of people, like five people go for a walk, and we're all going to take pictures. And mm. we all see differently, we all want to capture something different. And that's really, you know, that's the approach you want to have with even yourself, like you, you get a snapshot of the failure. Right. And then we're only looking at it head on, but if you look at it like a photographer, then you're gonna change the angles. You're going to look for depth. You're gonna look at how we can blur out the background and keep something in the foreground. And there's different techniques that you can use in photography. You can color in places, you can make some things in black and white. Right. And so as a photographer, I love I love that aspect because sometimes I can be really articulate because mm-hmm. I am describing a picture in my mind. Right and um, so cocktails with La came around at a time when I had failed at a sixteen-year relationship. Wow. I was I was married and I have two children and I had been married before. So, but it all came from somewhere, and I wanted to understand it. So I wanted to understand the story mm-hmm. that I was telling myself about myself, right. and that story continued over over and over and over again repeating the, oh, I was molested and then I was raped and then I started to have bad relationships Mm. blah, 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 blah. And so I would take people on this journey and it would always just end, but with no resolution
0: because
1: uh, I wasn't looking at it that way. And when I applied the lens of a photographer to my life, I started to see colors in places that I didn't know were there. Um, I was able to focus on aspects of my life that painted a totally different picture and as i just as i began to talk my story i started to all of a sudden describe the things that i hadn't really been paying attention to before Mm
0: -hmm. and it started
1: to change my narrative as i began to play with the picture
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and so that has been the greatest thing in in asserting cocktails with la the adventures of a recovering sex addict, I was able to give myself that title because the adventures is what this is all about. Uh, It's a rite of passage constantly, a constant death and rebirth um, that is happening from the perspective of where the fall, the great fall happened. It's been, you know, death and then rebirth. Um, And so the adventures of the recovering sex addict is me, and I'm writing about it in a book called Thirsty as Fuck because- (laughs) Love the title. (laughs) Yeah, it's called Thirsty as Fuck From the Desert to the Well. And in COVID, I have been able to accelerate my healing in such a way that I met a pastor on one of my IG lives and we had spoken offline for like about half an hour to 45 minutes, and then we went on live. And he professed on my live that that I was going to be an instrument for God and that he called me the woman at the well. Mm. And so when people want to talk about my story and they want to know who I am, I've now decided to say, oh, my story is the woman at the well. I am the woman at the well. Oh, what's that? Oh, well, the woman at the well is who Jesus met, who was from Samaria And he waited for her at the well as he rested. And he knew instinctively that this woman would arrive at the well because of the time of day. Nobody's going out in the heat at midday. But this is when the woman decided to come, probably because she knew no one else would be there. And that's why she was startled when she saw Jesus sitting there. Not only was someone there, but he was also the Jew. So, you know, (laughs) they're not supposed to be talking, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But he tells her about her life. And she, she, he says to give him a drink. And she's surprised that he's even asking her for anything. Sometimes we're surprised that God would ask us for anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so she does, and then she, what he says essentially is, if you drink from this well, you'll never thirst again, is essentially what happened. And something happened when he told me that that's who I was. I recognized all the thirst traps that I had been falling in my whole life, bartering sex for love and connection, um, being a people pleaser so that I would have friends and fit into certain circles. And all of these thirst traps, I was looking externally for who I was when Mm -hmm. really the well is within me. And Mm -hmm. I have unlimited access to it all the time. And so if I understand that, then I'll never thirst again.
0: Wow. That's a lot there. I feel like we could just end on that, but that was a, <laughs> that was, that was a sermon in itself. Well, well, goddamn, that's how you're going to start. Well, there we go. <laughs> no, no, it was beautiful. I want to touch on something you said and uh, two things you said, actually. So uh, the first thing uh, was you mentioned about the story. So I don't know if you've ever heard of landmark before. I don't know if you I have heard.
1: the landmark forum.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you did it, but I did it I years did the beginning ago. One. Yeah, the forum. So I did it like 2015, something like that. Okay. And I, I know that they refer to the story as, as a racket. That that was the yeah. term that they I used know. back then. And it, it's so interesting you brought that up. And you know, throughout that that 72-hour three-day course. <laughs> yeah, no hardly
1: any food you know
0: they didn't let you out they didn't let you out <laughs> um you go gonna learn was, today <laughs> yeah that was the biggest lesson I learned that was the biggest takeaway I got was just recognizing that you know we all play this story in our head and whether your story be a negative story so in your situation you know, whether it be something abusive or I remember specifically in my class, there was a very beautiful young woman who just remarried and her and her husband were doing the course together and she was still holding on to the trauma from her previous marriage where she was raped in her previous marriage. And it it was now affecting the intimacy in her new marriage. Mm -hmm. And I remember the instructor being like, you know, everything you went through is traumatic and you have the right to feel the way that you feel, but you have to ask yourself, is your story empowering you or disempowering you? And that right there, just that, the way he phrased that is my- light on. It's not that I I never have negative stories, but it allows me to give me, to check myself. Like, okay, is this story that I'm playing in my head right now? Is this, you know, adding to me right now? Or is it it taking away? And if it's taking away from me right now, what can I do to kind of adjust it? to to change the story that I'm playing in my head. So I just really want to call that. But
1: you know, when you say that about um, the negative story, Mm
0: -hmm. what
1: I find with people that I've spoken to over the time that I've been doing this and just, I I also work for the University of Toronto as a registrar. So I, -hmm. and I work with people who have been disadvantaged in some aspect of their life. Mm -hmm. And so when they tell their stories, it's always very impactful on me because I learn from hearing their stories. And what I find is that the negative stuff, people don't want to look at it. So, mm. they, so it, was, it, was, it was great to hear you just say that you, you, you look at it first, because sometimes you're supposed to see the negative. Sometimes you're supposed to feel the negative. We're in a culture that's always like, nah, guy, that girl's pissing me off, guy. And then they walk away mm-hmm. when... There's a reason why she's pissing you off. I have this new thing where I say wherever there's conflict, there you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We there's so much synergy here because, you know, I'm I'm 36 years old and I recently just discovered that, you know, my whole entire life and and in many other people's lives as well, we've all been taught to run away from, you know, difficulty, yeah. right? And I've come to learn recently that I, the best opportunities lie within difficulty. Even if you break it down to like how businesses are started, mm-hmm. a business is a business is born to solve someone's problem, a solution. Right. right. And so if you think about life in that way, to your example where the, the girl says, you know, giving the guy a challenge or, you know, being stuck up or whatever the situation is. What's the reason behind that? And so for me, I'm now trying to retrain my brain not to run away from challenges, but to run towards them yeah. because underneath that will be a great opportunity. And so,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Lessons I'm learning already. Wow, this is deep. <laughs> We're in deep.
1: Oh, how many more is there to go? I thought that was the
0: whole conversation. <laughs> it, it, it very well could be. But, but uh, you know, uh, I did ahead. want to
1: mention also, like uh, a lot of what that birth and death thing that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I have this this notion that we go through these rites of passage. And right. Arnold Van Gennep is a theorist that looked. He was an anthropologist, and he he saw that there's there's these three stages: there's separation, mm. and then liminality, mm-hmm. and then incorporation, mm. and what happens is in our lives, we get a circumcision from what, at at an incident. And then once that, that separation happens, we merge into liminality. And a stage of liminality is basically disorientation.
0: You're Mm -hmm. unsure
1: of yourself. These are where the thirst traps are like a minefield. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? They're minefields. And you're trying to get to incorporation on the other side, Mm -hmm. where you feel whole and complete. But you have to maneuver yourself through the minefield of thirst traps to get to the other side. Some of those traps is kind of like a game that was set up for you to fall into it. You have no choice, but to fall Mm -hmm. into it. There was no other way, but we will stay paralyzed sometimes because we just, we're so afraid that we will not go. And you're trying to be like, but we want to keep going forward, but then you get stuck looking at the fact that there's no other way around it, but then to jump through it. Mm -hmm. but you don't know if it's a portal to a whole new world. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You don't even know if that thing is going to still exist once you jump into the trap. So I don't really like to prevent myself from having experiences. I use discernment a lot better now. Mm -hmm. Um, The more I know about myself, the better I am at navigating those, those search traps. Right. Right. So um, it's, it's just reassuring that, my, my cycles of, of birth and death have become shorter and shorter.
0: Right. And I think that's, that's the key. And, you know, you hit something else there for me as well. Cause I did a video on this on YouTube about, you know, it's called we've been lied to like, so basically the premise of the conversation that, and a lot of the stuff that I do, I'm not preaching it a choir. I'm actually talking to myself. It's, it's self, it's self therapy. And so, um, In this video, I say something you know, we've been lied to, we've been sold the dream that life shouldn't be about suffering, but in actuality, it's a balance between that part, you know, it's a balance between that. Because, you know, if it wasn't for suffering, then if everything was always sweet, it wouldn't seem like a blessing to you because there's nothing to balance it out, it's the yin and the yang all over again. And and to my point, when I was saying earlier, is that through the suffering. Is where you you build strength, right? Is where you find yourself. Is where you find the opportunity. It's where the growth is. And I see that you work out. You're on your workout thing too. I see that. And you know from working. <laughs> no, I don't see him. Oh, there you are. There you go. So, so you know, as someone who who's a fitness enthusiast that there is literally no growth um, or no results without going through some form of pain. Oh yeah, resistance, and
1: resistance right?
0: exactly. And, and I think life is works the exact same way
1: oh my god yes fit the fitness analogy for growth mm-hmm. like, like spirit, spiritual mental any kind of growth physical fitness is wonderful because it talks about how it has to break down the muscle and then it requires rest in order for it to repair and what you consume also affects the the speed and the and the way in which the muscle grows and it's just It's such a great analogy. And I learned so much from doing my, I did a fitness show um, after having my son Mm -hmm. to, I thought I was trying to get my body back, but what I got back was me. And um, because it teaches you so much discipline Mm -hmm. and what's required of you to hit that discipline. Mm -hmm. um, It's a lot. So, but yeah, it, it taught me a lot about, you know, how to approach things in my life and to not give up and to right. push. And when you think that you have no more left in you, you do. But it's also important to breathe. It's important to look up when right. you're doing your exercises. There's, I mean, I could go on. Yeah, <laughs> I, know,
0: I know. There's so much. So um, talking about intimacy, love, and relationships, which is a major part of your brand amongst other things. Um, in today's world, I don't know if this is, existed from the beginning of mankind. But in today's world, it seems like we have an issue choosing the right partner, the right mate, whatever you want to call it, and particularly in our community. So with that in mind, why does it always seem like, you know, Mrs. Wright ends up with Mr. Wrong and, and vice versa? Because we look with
1: we, um, we choose with our eyes. Mm. We choose with our eyes, not with our, not even with our heart, um, because we have to know about our heart in order to choose. We're just blindly choosing based on our senses, right? Mm. And what, um, oh my gosh, people are calling me and I'm just like, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we are choosing based on our eyes. And so what we see and if it coincides with what society is showing us, then we believe that that is what we should have, and and that's not what I have come to learn that these things are about. Um, love, like for example, I. Not that I had a I, I loved tall men. You know, women love tall men. Yeah. Oh, he has to play. I know basketball I, there.
0: I know. I was subjected to the abuse of that. I didn't get my, <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get my father's height. My dad was 6'3, I'm 5'10. So I but, didn't okay. I wasn't blessed.
1: But both men that I married, the first one was five nine and the second one was five ten.
0: Mm. So interesting.
1: Yeah. So obviously it wasn't stopping me from choosing. Somebody to be with that their height wasn't there. I knew ultimately what I was supposed to look for in a love relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. For me, I'm counter society, I'm counter those kind of things. So I think maybe that's where a little bit for me, I'm not the greatest person to do to talk about that because I do. I see it. People are choosing based on what they, their symbolic proximity.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say as a follow up. When we're talking about how, you know, in this particular situation, uh, Mrs. Right ends up with Mr. Wrong. Right. What do you think are some things that, you know, both the sir and the madam can do to yeah. be those, more aligned or be with the right person?
1: Yeah, those checklists are real, though, right? You, it's not you have to want it. And I think almost I would say you have to be purposed for it.
0: Mm. To have
1: the kind of like Sierra and whatever relationship, you know, I don't even know his name. Russell. Um, Russell, Russell, right. The, yeah. the football player. Right. So to have that, I see how that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to meet somebody. Oh, is he Christian? Is he willing to wait? Like we create these checklists right. <laughs> and we're not engaging in relationship. And it's an example of a reflection of how we relate to God right now. Is Mm. we look for him to give us these check marks of the things that we want, not Mm -hmm. thinking we seek his hand not his face. Right. We're seeking his hand. We're seeking the the things that he can give to us, not how to be like him, to manifest the very thing that we want anyway.
0: Right. So with that being said, are you a proponent of checklist or like where do you stand with that? I think that
1: you can burn with passion in a fireplace. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, unpack that for me. That was really philosophical. You didn't have to...
1: I think that, so I saw a sermon where the pastor looked like he was going to build a fire on the stage. Yeah. And people were getting a little nervous because he was literally like throwing wood down and throwing oil on the, not oil, um, the gasoline on it. Yeah, and yeah, then he yeah. had his thing like he was going to light it. And of course, people are afraid of that. That's right. the passion, right? right. right. He said, But if this fire was in a fireplace or if it had boundaries around it, like a safe zone Mm -hmm. for the fire to burn, Mm -hmm. then let it burn, baby. (laughs) You can let it burn. You just have to have parameters. So checklists can function as a type of parameter, but really what you need to do is identify who you are so that you can create boundaries. It's just, it's a boundaries conversation. It's a, it's an intention conversation. What is your intention for being with that person? And do you have the ability to articulate it? Because we also have a serious communication problem. So Mr. and Mrs. Wright might be Mr. and Mrs. Wright. If they communicated, they could be. But instead, they think about the symbolic symbols that are going to help them identify who they are and then look for that mirror in the other person. But that's not their responsibility. They're not your mirror. They're right. an individual themselves. And especially if that person doesn't know God yeah. for themselves, right. how are they ever going to meet up? Right. So that's why it looks like Mr. and Mrs. Wright will never exist.
0: No, you, you bring up a valid point. And I think one of the things I just took away from that or just triggered something in a, in a positive way is that, um, so one thing is many of us have this list, but are we, what's on that list? Like you have a list of things that you want, but what about your list of things to be? Like, are you what you're trying to attract? And the second thing that came to mind is how do you look for something when you haven't even figured out what your purpose is here first? And I think a lot of people, including myself, in that position where you're looking for something, uh, whether it be partnership or what have you, and they haven't discovered what their reason is on this planet and so I, th- I believe in my personal opinion you need to figure that part out first and then some occasions you might be able to meet somebody that can help you to figure it out that's possible but, as well yeah,
1: it begs the question like mm-hmm. those are the search traps that I said that you can't go around you mm-hmm. have to jump into them
0: mm-hmm.
1: that and so when and you're standing there paralyzed thinking that you can rely on your own understanding to figure out how to get through the thirst trap when mm-hmm. God's actually saying, can you just please hurry up and jump in the thirst trap so mm-hmm. I can show you what it is that I put you in there for mm-hmm. so that you can then grow and become the next step towards the incorporated person that I know you to be, that you've just forgotten who you are. Really, at the end of the day, you've just forgotten who you are. So it's about a remembering of who you are and you have to go through the experience, the way around it, in order to get there we avoid that we don't like that
0: right so you're saying there's a certain type of pain that is good and beneficial 100%. absolutely
1: you know discipline versus regret
0: absolutely absolutely no that's just this is good this is good you're triggering some good things this is positive. <laughs> okay <Absolutely>. um
1: <laughs> praise the lord i got a holy <laughs> ghost writer
0: that's, I don't even know what that is. Um, unpack that for me. What is that? Well, you
1: know, a ghost writer, is somebody who writes oh, okay. someone else. You and
0: just, just added the holy, holy part in front right. of me. I'm like, is that different? Okay.
1: You know why mind the holy ghost writer is because I speak things that seem to align with people. So when I get yes, yes, yeah. yes, that's yeah. not me. That's definitely right. a, just a truth that supersedes even us. It has nothing right. really to even do with us. It's right. a truth with a capital T. It's something that no matter who was listening would get what we're talking about. Right. So we do have the ability to see those things without knowing something to your yeah. question.
0: Right, no, no, and I, I've definitely come to, to learn that and relying, I think you said this at the beginning of the question, we, we rely too much on our, on our eyes and our eyes can mislead us 100%. Yeah.
1: Same with feelings. It's
0: Same. a big one. That's a big one.
1: Feelings make you do all kinds of weird shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I once had a professor, I remember um, she straight up was like, I am against love because apparently she got burned once and that that pain was just like enough for her. So to your point, um, love, feelings that come with that, uh, it could be misleading. It could be painful. It is an experience. But um, like I said, the The best opportunity to grow, I believe, is is through some of that pain and, and, and resistance. And I think I did a post on this recently. Like you know, all is fair in love and war, right? Like, there is no you're not s- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right, but I'm not. <laughs> so the, I'm other, not.
1: the other unspoken thing is shame. So yeah. our feelings and how shame stin- uh, like triggers the feelings. Right. So we don't. We also don't have a way of really. If um, we don't negotiate through the thirst traps, we don't we lack the skill to be able to look mm, at those things in any real way that it's kind of like getting out of the cocoon before you're ready, your wings right. aren't going to be strong enough to do what it has to do. You have to go in it.
0: Right. And
1: those who don't, you know, they can convince themselves that they're happy or maybe that is their purpose. We all have different purpose on Earth. Right. Well, we're all part of the same body and we have different functions. Right. Um Yeah, I I don't think it's that I'm special. I just think that I'm purposed this way.
0: Right, right. No, and you're clear about why you're here. Um, So with that brings us to our third question. This has been a beautiful conversation. Um, What is the most valuable lesson you've learned from intimacy, love, and relationships? And if you could give one piece of advice to people out there, whether they're single or in a relationship, what would that one piece of advice be?
1: Um, Well, I could already tell you the advice. It's whatever, however overwhelmed you are and all of the things that you have to do, Mm -hmm. just do that thing first. Whatever Mm -hmm. that is, do that. Because that's probably all you can do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Otherwise you would be doing more. Mm So. When you feel overwhelmed and you have so many different things that you need to concentrate on, whatever the thing is that you do, that means that that's what you can do at that time. And if it's time for you to choose to be able to do something else, that it will irritate you so much when you're doing that thing that it will force you into doing the next thing. Mm-hmm. And that, it's almost like just allowing... You know, we're walking through life and these little bumps and, and things that are blocking you are just guiding you. They're just like mm. rails that you're going down. Like
0: that.
1: Yeah, you're just going down the rails. And so if you go too far over, just it kind of just bumps you. What happens is we hurt ourselves when we're trying to force against the thing that's trying to guide you. <laughs> Don't fight it. Go with it. Flow. Mm just go with it, go with the flow. Like I know I hate bumper sticker spirituality. It just like, I just want to stab somebody <laughs> <laughs> which is not spiritual at all.
0: <laughs> she, met, she meant she uh, you know, right, meant figuratively. Right, of course.
1: Cause the next thing you know, apparently when you're in the States and you have a knife you could get killed. Oh. But if you have like a machine gun and you're white <laughs> it should be okay. Um, I digress. <laughs> and the like, most
0: and the most valuable lesson you've learned from love intimacy and yeah my
1: most valuable lesson i think i'm still searching I, yeah i think i'm still searching for the most valuable lesson but the most valuable thing that i've learned thus far is to remain in who you are and, and when i say remain in who you are remain in the well that i was talking about earlier if i dwell there um the things that hurt me in relationships don't stay in me anymore because Mm -hmm. I'm too full with the word. I'm too full of God. I'm too full of the spirit to allow anything else to dwell within me. So I feel those things like I'm going down those, you know, that Mm -hmm. railing, but it's not penetrating me the way that it was before. I'm too full. It just kind of like, it bends into me like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. It doesn't go inside of me. It might dent me, but it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right. It can't go inside anymore. So I think that has been the greatest learning is in finding out who I am and my identity and my belief system. Right. Um, and a confidence in not knowing has right. given me so much freedom to be, to live out loud and be my most authentic self.
0: Right, right, right. Wow. This was an impactful conversation. I'm processing but
1: (laughs) i always do (laughs) um the,
0: the biggest takeaway that i've gotten there are many takeaways but the one that's sticking out right now in this very moment is um i'm paraphrasing but um you said something to the effect of the bumps aren't blocking you they're guiding you and i think that just goes to the goes to the effect of it's how you look at something so your perspective and it's how you interpret something and i remember seeing something on a like a video i think it's uh ryan see is this real estate mobile in new york mm. and he was giving this kind of talk he does these vlogs and he's like you know every day is different in real estate there's there's ups and there's downs and he's like the way i help to manage my days is i, I use the car analogy so it's like when i'm in my car if I look to the right, it's like brownstones, buildings, it's factories, it's this. If I look to the left, it's like Central Park, there's grass, there's greenery, it's, it's different. And so it's like, what helps me is the shift, shifting my perspective. If you just change your perspective on the situation, it can help you to kind of see things differently. So you might think in that very moment that it's the end of the world. I'll never get out of it. My life's over. What are people going to say? Everyone's going to hate me. Whatever it is, but if you shift your perspective, you could be like, actually, this isn't as bad as I think it is, yeah. and there is a way out. So
1: absolutely, remember I said about the picture taking.
0: Right. Yeah, that's right. You right. Take
1: the picture. So what's happening? Click. You take the picture, but then you right. bring it into the dark room,
0: yeah. and
1: you can manipulate that picture in a varied mm-hmm. amount of ways right. that will give you the picture that you can live with at that time. I just. I just love that you've invited me to have this conversation at this time in my career and in my life and in my love. I thank you, Corey Cream, because you are an amazing interviewer. Thank you are thoughtful. You, you, um, you are intentional mm-hmm. and you're, you're present. And um, that is really the greatest gift we can give anyone that we interact with.
0: Awesome. We you ever seen a black eye blush? That's what I'm doing right now. You can't really see it that well. <laughs> I see it, I see it. <laughs> Yes, but um, so L.A., where can people find you? I know you are very active on social amongst all platforms. So tell people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, so Cocktails with L.A. Uh, the Cocktails is not the drink. It's Cock with the story. So it's Tails, <laughs> T-A-L-E-S, C-O-C-K-T-A-L-E-S. So Cocktails with L.A. on Instagram. Uh, I am on Twitter as L.A. Wade Six. And on um, Facebook, I have, uh, oh, it's L.A. Wade. I have a Cocktails with L.A. page. Everything is about to become revamped as I go into this new venture with late night cocktails on FIVA TV. But um, I'm also, I have my YouTube channel with my season one on there. And I'm looking for lots and lots of subscribers. So because I'm going to start putting up new content very shortly. So Cocktails with L.A. on YouTube.
0: Awesome. And I I thank you so much for for blessing us with your your knowledge, your presence, and all that good stuff. And guys, if you want to search your boy, Corey Kareem, you can find me on Instagram at Corey Kareem. Uh, Likewise, on Twitter at Corey Kareem One. And on YouTube, you can find a lot of my videos and recent content by searching Corey Kareem as well. But um, as I usually like to end, I'm a big proponent and break. Uh, believer in the fact that, you know, if you want to impress upon people, you can talk about your wins, your successes, all that good stuff, your your highlight reels. But if you really want to have an impact on people's lives, talk about your failures, the lessons you've learned, your trials, your tribulations. That's how you connect with people. That's how you storytell. And that's how you create a tribe and community. Uh, with that being said, Cocktails, thank you so much again, for coming on the show, uh, for everybody tuning in. Peace and love. for next time. We out.